The force of honor that I speak of is a really powerful force for a man to be guided by. It's the feeling of being guided by your wholeheartedness. And for a man who has forgotten his honor or has been living without honor for a period of months or years, it is the sweet feeling of coming home. Imagine, imagine coming from a loving, beautiful home where you're welcome exactly as you are and they've not seen you forever. They don't know what's happened to you. Then one day you show up, you walk down the lane, your mother, your loving father, um, they, they couldn't be more rejoicing that you have finally come home. This is the feeling of honor. And it's also an incredibly powerful guide, or it can be, in your life. And as you're present to this feeling and you presence it with others, others realize they want to come with you. They want to follow you. They trust you because they feel like you are holding them in in your heart and so they grant you an authority to speak for them and we talk more about authority in that sense so i invite you to listen closely to this podcast and see if you can presence the feeling of honor inside of yourself and when it's all said and done i invite you to ask yourself who am I for my people? Who do I stand for being today for my people, even in the face of everything that I might have to face? Welcome to uh, another morning here in Florianópolis in Brazil. Uh, we did another morning ritual, getting up early walking to the sea, taking a stand, and then coming back and here narrating the war for our brothers. And this morning, when you were on the beach, you made a, a stand and you said something that really struck me because usually we connect our honor with battles to fight, adventures to go on, and beauties to rescue, and it's this result of some epic thing or struggle not necessarily but uh, that's the context in which i hear it most but this morning you said something about honor and coming home in the same phrase mm. and i thought it was uh, a <gasps> i saw something completely different and i liked it so i wanted to explore that a little bit how honor is coming home and what's the yeah what's the idea there Yeah, I was really, uh, I was really touched. You know, I had my, I was, uh, I don't know if I was already into my vision. I don't think so. I mean, maybe I was, but I wasn't in my vision cards. Anyway, <clears throat> what I'm present to right now is this, uh, 
like what is let's explore it so like what is honor as a feeling in terms of and it very much to me feels like a coming home like extremely welcome as i am inside of myself inside of my heart and uh if you can imagine coming home to your loving family now a lot of us might not have loving families to come home to but if you can imagine you, as if you've been gone for 20 years and forgotten or maybe they thought you were dead or whatever and then you come home and they are so happy to see you they got tears in their eyes just the biggest welcome um, very much this is what honor feels like to me and uh Yeah. Like you're the I, I one guess, coming home, being welcomed. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that's what it is, I think, to be honored by another. It's like really seen in a way that has them feel mm. touched in their heart, like when they really see you. And, and then you to be seen, you feel that as well. It's a sweet homecoming. And... Um, I was in Brazil, this was 2016, it was the second time I had experienced ayahuasca. And we were out in this big field in the countryside. And ayahuasca, for those who don't know, is a, uh, it's like a tea made up of a few different uh, um, plants from the Amazon and part of a, a long tradition. Um, by the native people there it's 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 sacred to them and um they almost think of it like a like a mother and um it's it, it is like a hallucinogenic and you could say a drug but they do it as part of the sacred ritual mm. well let me take you okay so the first time i experienced it was 2011 and uh we're up on a mountaintop, and at first I was a little <laughs> kind of put off. I arrive at the top of this mountaintop. Everyone's in these, like, navy blue suits. And they have these little silver pins. <laughs> it was like, man, this is starting to feel like a cult, and they're going to drug me, you know. But uh, I went in, and, and there's a little altar in the middle. Now, they're speaking Portuguese at this point. I didn't speak hardly any Portuguese. So I didn't really know that much of what's going on. But they said some kind of like invocation or prayer. And then they started singing. And it was six hours of singing, kind of just like, you know, maybe rocking back and forth and singing. But all the songs had the same quality of like giving praise to another and a lot of them were like to mother to uh Mai, and uh and, and it was very much a christian element to it all as well not entirely christian but um it was this very heart opening and and vision opening experience you know at the end you just feel like 
You're so open in your heart and your mind and you just want to connect with everyone. This to me is what I experience when I experience honor. A heart opens and vision opens as well. And um, so five years later, so I'm, I'm, it's a different kind of ayahuasca experience. It's not part of like a religion or anything. It's just these people gathering to have this experience. And there was a fire. I think there were a few fires. I'm sitting in front of this fire and they're playing music. And so there's people who are facilitating this experience. They're there like holding the space and whatever and going around and playing this music. And it's, you know, I've got my eyes closed and I'm, I'm having, I'm, first of all, I just keep saying, wow, you know, wow. Like I can't believe that a couple of plants from the Amazon are awakening me to such beauty and a sense of the sacred and and I can't remember there was two people in my life who okay so first my mother I saw I, I was having like visions of my mother seeing her as absolutely perfect in a way I never had before even doing the honor work or anything like I saw her her childhood I saw how she is now I just saw the perfection and beauty in my mother and I had tears streaming down my face, you know, and I was just like, wow, some plants from the Amazon, you know, how is this happening? And, uh, and then, um, my little brother, John as well. And I just, I just saw him as like, almost like this Christ-like, like figure, this, this righteous brother, how he had was standing for our family at this time. And I'd kind of, you know, I'd, I'd gone off to Brazil and wherever for a few years and I'd, um, I kind of let go of like being the one for my family. I was just like, I'm just letting go of everything. And it was as if he'd picked it up and I just, I, I, it was like a revelation just seeing like my brother in this kind of righteous sense, you know, and tears again, tears just streaming down my face for, I don't know how long. And this is very similar to what the experience of honor, you know, often is. Now, sometimes it, you might just feel it a little bit, right? There's a spectrum. You, you might feel it a little bit all the way to like really strong and it just overwhelms you. And, and I, I think of it like a spectrum, you know, there's like maybe it overcome with it on one end to less and less and less to like a neutral area. And then to on the other side, not just an absence of it, but the presence of what would be the opposite, which is like uh, um, shame and guilt, right? More and more and more and more. And at any one point in time, we're, we're on this continuum. And um, so what's the feeling of a uh... Like, how is it home? Because it, it feels, is it the righteousness that you say? You say it's, it's right, it feels good. Is that the home feeling or? or? Yeah, well, I noticed we're talking about it. You know, it's what, what we'd want to do is really have an experience of it, you know? So, um, 
a great way to a great way to have an experience of it. And there's there's all kinds of ways, but um, perhaps the, a way that's quite easily graspable is to ask yourself, "Who am I for my people?" Mm. Okay, so if you stop and think, like, who are the who are your people? Mm. First of all, you, you might think of the people closest to you, the ones you really care for. Um, and you might presence them like like not just as an idea, like imagine they're here, what are their speak their names, perhaps. And, and they may or even think for one person, a son or daughter, a mother, a father, brother, a sister, um, a spouse, and um, then think like who am I for them mm. in life? And um who, who am I choosing to be for them? Mm. Like you, I might say, that like, who are you for your people? And you might feel guilt as you start to think, like, well, I haven't really been there for the people who matter to me, right? Um, but it's a choice now in this moment. Who am I choosing to be for my people? And um, asking that question, asking that question in a, in a moment of, like, Reflection, meditation, and then choosing to be something for them is a great way to uh, access the feeling of honor. Give you a couple of examples, maybe. Yeah. Um, like who you? Who are you for me? Well, let me let me go back to my brother John. Right. In this moment, like uh, in, in this ayahuasca experience, it was, I mean, honor was also present, you know, it was something even more than honor, I think, but, but it's that I was seeing that, you know, I mean, first, you know, my, uh, my mom had left the States, she was stressed out, um, and she was trying to survive on her own financially. And, and having a, you know, I'm having a difficult time. And who my, who my brother was for her is the one who was um, providing for her. Like, just, um, just taking care of her. And it's, it's, um, And I just saw him taking care of, of, of all of us, you know, he was, he was, he was on this heroic journey with his business, uh, with this cancer business and, um, taking on insane amounts of responsibility, pressure, stress and, and risk. And, um, and I imagine at times he felt like, where's Mike or, you know, Mom, maybe mom should take care of herself, you know, like, what about the rest of the family? And he came to, it came to a point where it's just like, you know what? I'm the one. I'm just gonna, she doesn't need to pay me back. She doesn't need to worry about anything. I'm just gonna take care of her. And he was just doing so in a really generous way. 
And then uh, when other people in the family, you know, needed needed something, like he was just he was just giving, and I just I just saw that he'd he'd taken on this role in the family, and he'd become this a, a leader for our family, and I and I just I just saw him in this moment of ayahuasca in this perfect sense. It was like. Even more though, so than you might see in most times when you're when you're thinking to honor your brother, you know. But this is, you know. So my my eyes are beginning to water as I'm feeling this, you know, this feeling as I as I consider my brother. But what I'm looking for as I look to honor my brother is what might he have been facing mm. and feeling, and then even in the face of that, who is he standing for? And what was he standing for? Those are two different things. Because you started off by saying the way you could start feeling it is think of your people and think of who you are for them. Yes. But this is also, this is honoring someone else. This is saying who your, who your brother has been for you, in a way. So that's a different, a different exercise. And when, when you do that, you say you... you when you honor someone else, you try to walk their shoes, try to see what they've been facing and the stand they've been making. But those are two different things, right? Well, yes and no. Honor is, uh, you can presence honor by... Oh, two different practices. They're two different practices. Yes. But it's essentially the same thing because what you're doing is you're getting present to what someone, yourself or someone else, has been facing. Mm. And who are they standing for being for their people? Um, and it doesn't matter. It does. It doesn't matter because when you say facing, because as I get present to what someone else is facing and feeling, the way I understand that is I know what that is right. to face that and feel that. And in the face of that, he made this stand, and I, I still feel this opening in my heart. And you could. Um, it's it's akin to inspiration mm. but as i even as i like i speak it or i i i give that to him i give that acknowledgement in a way um so honor is very akin to inspiration gratitude um you know there's an overlap with some of these other feelings that we know or we identify but we tend not to have a feeling are a word for the feeling of honor. Mm. And there's a, there's a very, you know, there's very specific ways to access it. Go ahead. That was it? <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking of the practices. I know you, you're doing the exercise right now of, of having people feel it instead of, of talking about it. Yeah. So that's why I try to understand the practices a little bit better. Yeah, so I see my brother Clint is is watching or maybe watching and uh so I, I like i'll do this with him clint who you are for me brother is uh the man who took in both of his fathers at the end of their lives and uh went to stay with them and care with them uh care for them even uh and your, your, uh, your adoptive father, 
he um, he'd been he'd been judged, he'd been humiliated, he'd been in a way cast away from the family and from the the church even. And uh, you went to be with him towards the end of his life, um, and you honored him by your presence. You remembered him. Honor, honor is very much a remembering, a remembering in your heart, mm. as if to say, I see you. You're not alone. Right. And uh, it's as if to say, like, you have a place in my heart. And, and Clint, who you are for me, is the one who, at the end of our call the other day, you, in the face of maybe feeling like it wasn't your place or maybe you'd be telling me something I hadn't asked for, you reminded me to go and be there for my father um, and to spend this time with him, you know, that he might not have that much time left. And if I don't spend this time with him, I might really regret it and I might miss this opportunity to be with him and honor him. And you really reminded me of and invited me to give that gift to myself and to my father. And that's who you are for me, brother. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's a, that's a way of presencing the feeling of honor. Like, that's an exercise right. uh, that I'll do. And, and the second part that we often do is who I am for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so Clint, who I am for you is who I am for you, brother, is uh I'm open arms to you, man. I'm open arms to you. And I see the I see the incredible journey that you've been on and um I'm a brother, you know, I'm a brother and um I'm here for you, man. I'm here for you. And yeah, it's been, uh, man, it's been what? I don't know, 40 years since I've, seen, <laughs> since I've seen you, maybe. Maybe not quite that long, but almost that long. And uh, um, you know, you have a place, you're welcome in our family. And you know, it's a, a very short summary, right, of right. who he is for me, but or who I am for him. But sometimes when I presence honor, you know, there's tears streaming down my feet, down my cheeks when I'm done. Or some, sometimes when someone honors me, it's the same thing. Yes. And uh, it's it's something incredible to go from like you can wake up in the morning and be already in self judgment, right, or already in the presence of other people judging you. And, and then re you find yourself reacting to that in some way, either fighting against it, avoiding it, trying to just cope with it and get on with the day. But you're not the man that you could be if honor was present. And, and uh, I was watching a, uh, a video with Chris Voss, who's like this FBI, like lead FBI negotiator, retired. But one thing he says is that when someone really feels seen and understood, mm -hmm. 
like you have access to 30% more of, they have access to 30% more of their cognitive faculty. You know, they can just creativity, like everything opens up and, uh, I don't know the neuroscience behind it, but I know that I'm a far greater man when I'm present right. to honor my life. I see, uh, like, independent of, because we just met two years ago, but independent of you also discovered that our number one concern when we have food and shelter is to be seen, felt, and heard. And the technology of honor these practices is really giving you the opportunity to do that with someone, yes. you know, more than suspending judgment, more than empathy, to honor someone and just yes. do the practice is an incredible thing. Yeah. Because um, you could see it with brothers, you could see it with your father, you could see it with the families. Imagine it also with with couples. And uh, just inside, say, a marriage and you're living together, when you yes. can presence that honor for the other. In a way, I wrote this the other day, in a way a woman's, a woman's complaint is is a request of her for you to remind her of who she is for you and yes. who you are for her and uh yeah i've been doing it too now uh telling the women in my life who they are for me and who i am for for them and it's just it's so powerful it's so powerful to do that you know and uh with a lot of the people in our life our relationship is one of judgment on some level yes we keep people at a certain distance yes we're also the judgment is a way of protecting ourselves from their judgment of us and so it's mm -hmm. our judgment of them is just a way to be like create some space and to not be so maybe impacted by their right. judgment and we'll have these walls even with the people who, who are or have been closest to us in life yes And we often won't bring them down until after they've died. Then at their funeral, as we're beginning to reflect on, wow, they're not here anymore. And I don't need these walls anymore. Right. And we begin to remember we're safe now that now that they're dead, they can't hurt me in a way. And it's their funeral. And now is it is a time to honor them, to remember them. Right. And so we maybe we speak in front of the group of people who are gathered to to speak about who this person was for us. When I was growing up uh, in the Mormon church, one week a month we would, ha we would have like a, what they called a fast and testimony meeting. So you would fast for about 24 hours and then towards the end of it you're at, the, you know, you're at church and people can stand up and do what they call bear their testimony. Basically speak from their heart and say like, from their heart, what they know to be true. From their heart, what they know about the, the, the church being true or the prophet and Jesus and so forth. It's like, this is essentially the same thing. It's like, I'm saying who you are for me from my heart. I don't care and I don't give a fuck what the rest of the world says about you. I know this is who you mm -hmm. are. And it's a way of bearing testimony from my heart about who another is. Right. And it's so powerful to speak it and also have someone have your back in that way. That's not just seeing you and honoring you. They're, they're essentially standing up for you. Right. And, and it can be so powerful in a room full of other people or in a public setting. 
to stand up and the person's not dead yet yes. and you're going to remind everyone. And that, it doesn't matter how they see him. Who this guy is for me and then you speak from your heart. It's so powerful. Um, yeah, I, I, I asked people that I know, you know, it's a great business model. Imagine honoring people, you know, but not at a funeral, like before people die and have the same service you present at your own funeral, you know, and <laughs> you're there, you're not dead, and people speak as if you are. Yeah. That'd be amazing, you know, how much, how much that could create, you know, because, like, I realize at some point that I'm, you feel, I feel very righteous about my judgment, and then I realize how much I'm imprisoned by them. It's my yes. own prison, it's in prison of my own choosing. And how important it is to bring down those walls and honor can really do that. Yeah. Or presencing honor can really do that. So it's a very... Yeah, and it's also a... Uh, you know, for people who want to remain comfortable, it's, a, it's not a comfortable feeling. Yes. So a warning, you know, to, to the guys out there who are trying to keep it together and be in control. You know, and always look strong. It is, man, you want strength, presence, honor. Because it is such a feeling of strength and unitedness within yourself. Mm. And, 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 and beyond courage, the full-heartedness to go into life, face everything and stand up for your people and stand up for what's most important to you. Um, it's not just kind of like a raw, daring courage. Like, okay, I feel a lot of fear and I'm doing it anyway. It's like the fear's presence, pre the fear is there, and then you presence honor. And the honor is always, can always be greater than the fear. And then you're led into battle with honor. Um, it's, it's so powerful. I'll share a quick story. There was a, a guy named Josh who was at my uh, March 2007 boot camp, and he... He shares this. He shared this video online, so I'm not, I'm not, uh, in any way, not holding sacred, you know, what happened at that I stand and so forth. But he was at my I stand, and um, you know, we do this process called the honor window, and he'd come to the front of the room uh, to do this process with the father of his baby mama, <laughs> right? So the grandfather of his daughter, yeah? And he'd been in prison, I think, for a few years. The, 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 his daughter's grandfather, not his father. Who's been in prison? His grand, the... No, him, Josh. Okay. And, uh, and he felt a lot of shame about that. And uh, first of all, okay, this might be... I mean, if people don't know the honor window or they don't know the process of the I stand, but I'll just, I'll finish this part anyway, and then I'll go on to this part that it just anyone can get. But he was having trouble with the part of the honor window that was time to move into honoring this other man. And I realized, I realized like that, that, that he just needed to be honored. And so I stopped the honor window because he, I mean, imagine you go to prison, right? And he's this beautiful guy, man. He's all heart. Josh is all heart. 
just a beautiful guy, but I could just feel like he, he couldn't engage with the honor winner because it starts off with judging the other. And I just realized he just needs to be honored. So I honored him in front of the group. Anyway, after the I stand, he went, you know, he'd had judgments with this guy who was a cop, right? The grandfather of his daughter was a cop. And he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor this man. And uh, the guy was avoiding him, you know. So he'd go to his house and he wasn't there. He was too busy. And, and so finally there was a family gathering on, with his baby mama, her father, that whole side of the family. And he shows up. <laughs> and it's awkward because, oh, here's this guy who everyone's judging, you know. Here's this bad guy. And uh, people are like, what is he doing here? <laughs> and they finish, they finish eating. And then Josh stands up and he says, excuse me, I just want to, if I can have a moment of everyone's time. Um, and I just, I just want to take a minute and honor this man. And he spoke, he, he went through the process that we go through at the end of an honor window process. And he spoke to... Um, you know, how he'd been judging him. And then what he saw he's been standing for and who he's been standing for. Like his granddaughter, or his daughter for one, right? And then he, sp he spoke to, you know, who you are for me is the one who has been, you know, standing for this in the face of all of this. And who I am for you, you know, and he spoke to who he is for him. And, and one of the things I remember him saying is, I'm standing that you are, that my daughter will always know her grandfather and things like this. And that touches me, you know, um, you know, because if there, there's a lot of people who they'll want to keep their child from this other person who's judging them, you know, and uh, yeah, so that, and then when it was all over, this guy came up to him, this other man came up to him and said, Grandfather. Right. And he said, uh, he was like, wow, man, not even my wife sees me so clearly. So beautiful, you know. And uh, the rest of the family, like their, their walls were down. They, they embraced him. They remembered him in their hearts and they took him back in. It was so powerful, you know. It takes a lot of courage to do something like that. He's a Josh, a very courageous guy. But it's the power. Imagine the power to bring down the walls of an entire side of the family, right? Who has been against you? And uh, yeah, it's the power of honor. And um, yeah, you could do it alone. That's what's incredible to me. Yes. Sometimes you think, oh, it doesn't you, take the agreement of the other. No, you don't need two people. Is very much a standing, and because of the standing, yes, you know it it breaks down walls. And people see you standing, and it opens their hearts, and then they want to follow. They mm -hmm. want to come with because, thanks for fucking bringing down my wall. Mm -hmm. You know, leading me beyond the wall back into my heart. Mm -hmm. You know, and they feel it as like a genuine authority, like authority. Not a lot of times, and I think especially Americans. And O kind of pointed at this, is we have this fucked up relationship with authority. 
where we relate to authority being outside of us, this person with this position of power who's going to tell us what to do. And in a, a more Native American sense of authority, like a chief, a chief is not someone who has this external power to tell you what to do, who you need to obey. It's not like that at all. A chief is simply someone who speaks so much to your heart that you feel like he gets me, he sees me, he knows me. Mm. I trust him to speak on my behalf. He speaks for me. In that way, I grant you authority. Mm. You are my chief. I get you feel me in your heart. You're not going to do things or say things that don't include me. You can don't really take represent. Me, that don't take me into consideration. So you are my chief. And it's like authority is granted. It's not taken by another. And so we have this way that authority violates us from the time that we're young. And anytime someone is... Uh, because of their position of power over you, trying to control you or guide you or tell you what to do, and you do not feel that you are in their heart, it, it feels like violation. Right. You know? And it's natural to rebel against that. And it's, you know, um, that's a stand inside of you, inside of your heart saying, don't violate me. You know? My heart, I'm sacred. My heart is sacred. Mm. And so anyway, it's... Uh, the more that we shift to seeing authority in this way and leadership in this way, um, oh man, amazing things are possible. I think that's how democracy was meant to be. You truly represent the other. You know? Latour, the one, the philosopher I work with, beginning of 2000, this is all about, we talk about representation, but uh, it's a bit too philosophical, philosophical to go there now. Well, democracy is a, a vote of the majority. Imagine the minority who feels like, this guy doesn't speak for me, you know? And I think in uh, a lot of times in Native American communities, it's not, it's, it's not like that, you know? It's, uh, um, it's even a deeper sense of, you know? The moment that you, I don't feel that you ha are holding me in your heart, you're not my authority. You know, you don't speak for me. And it's a, it's, it's, I see it as like even a far higher level mm -hmm. of, of honoring an individual. Right. You know? Um, yes. What's the invite? You know, someone listening to this who had a sense that, wow, something's here. I'm feeling something. I'm curious about honor. I'm curious about this kind of authority. Imagine you have that kind of authority over yourself, mm. right? Like inside of yourself, you're not being guided by this part of you that feels disconnected, that you feel like you should do this. Mm but you're only full-heartedly inviting yourself into something. That's, that's what I aim for. Mm. You know, that's why I practice the honor work, is also because I want to guide myself 
from a loving place, mm. from a wholehearted place. And uh, yeah, and, and compromise could say that compromise is allowing your is is submitting to fake authority or not real authority. Mm. It's a way of giving in to something that you're not wholeheartedly into. And it's a way of violating your, your sacred mm-hmm. honor and your, your spirit, if you will. And uh, yeah, compromise kills your soul. So if you, I don't know if this touches you in a way, come find out more about honor. Put it in the comments or contact us. See you tomorrow.